Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is 4.08 Thursday, first week of the new year. So glad to have you with us here on CCO this afternoon. Uh, Some people have been sending me images or notifications that they have seen a drive time with DeRussia billboard around town. What? I know. I have no idea how that got out there. So if you see it, let me know. Uh, We'll talk about it at some point. Maybe. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. If you haven't seen it out on the roads, follow me on Instagram at Duresha J. You can see uh, some of the pictures of it out in the wild in my Instagram stories. It is Thursday, every Thursday at 4 o'clock. We introduce you to some of the most interesting people in and around the food business in the Twin Cities. Minnesota Pork Board and Liquor Boy brings us Derusha Eats. Our guest today uh, started as a chef and now sort of a a big shot boss, I think. Well, I'm still a chef, Jason. Well, always. Always a chef. Always. Once a chef, always a chef. Mike Rakin is the chef and owner of Northern Hospitality and Company. Uh, If you've been to Benedict's Morning Heroes, you've... uh, Visited one of his spots, Mill Valley Kitchen and Mill Valley Market. Mike, it's so good to have you here. It's great to be here. Thanks, Jason. Your journey to uh, to where you are today has been a very interesting one. Where did you grow up? I grew up outside of Chicago in Naperville, Illinois. And then what, what made you want to get into cooking? Well, my first job, I was 13 years old. I started flipping pizzas at Jake's Pizza, and um, <laughs> I did that for three twenty-five an hour. What and, kind of pizza was it? Uh, you know, it was a Chicago style. Tavern? We, like, tavern. We had, we had the square cut, and we had square, a deep dish. Yeah. Um, and I there was a guy opening a restaurant from New Orleans that was open up around the block, and he was going to pay me 5 bucks an hour to work at his shop. Wow. And he taught me how to make ribs and huh? Creole food, and you know that kind of really piqued my interest in yeah. the food scene. So. Um, 13 you started at 13 i started yeah. yeah i wanted fancy clothes and stuff my parents <laughs> you know they weren't going to spring for it so no nope. work it's the same way i grew up i started working at 13 but they couldn't pay me until i was 14 i think it wasn't legal to work well, until it was a little cash under the table deal we restaurant had. no yeah. wonder you want it <laughs> yeah. is it, should i be concerned my my 16 year old works at a restaurant yeah. well maybe <laughs> <laughs> So you started uh, cooking as a young person, and then you you decided really to make it a career. Yeah, so I you know I started cooking early, and then I you know I got into some different jobs and moved up to Minnesota. Started going to college, just at Normandale, taking marketing, accounting, all that stuff. And you know, late night one night, I was doing some soul searching. Lo and behold, a Cordon Blue commercial came on, and you know, all the bells started going off, and I was like, "Well, damn it, I'm going to do this." And so I went to Cordon Bleu and never looked back. You know, I just. Had so much fun in the kitchen, the camaraderie and the creativity, and, you know, it's just, it called to me. What what made you say, I want to open a breakfast-focused restaurant, and that is Benedict's? Um, well, you know, I, I, I love breakfast, and as a chef, Sundays and Mondays were always my days off, and 
to find a brunch spot or breakfast spot was always a challenge in the cities. And I was approached by my my current landlord in Wyzetta, and they were <clears throat> they had a great space, and they said we got this great space, we'll make you a good deal. But the catch is you have to serve breakfast. And I was like, all right. So I started thinking about it, and I thought about it, and I was like, okay, well, there's plenty of restaurants that do breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but the ones that really do breakfast well do breakfast. And so that's what I decided, and from there we created Benedict's. I I look at what's coming, and it feels like I've been waiting. I'm like people are going to open more breakfast restaurants, right? Because Keys has been here forever, mm-hmm. like fantastic, stalwart of the community. You have your local kind of one-off diner. But when I travel, like especially if you go out to the Scottsdale or Phoenix area, if you go out to like Washington, D.C., breakfast restaurants that stay open through lunch, but they're really, it's a, the show is breakfast. They're everywhere around the country and we don't seem to have as many of them here no there's not many of them at all there's a you know they're they're starting to grow you have hope is growing hope hope breakfast i saw snooze might be coming to the market um but yeah there's not a lot of them um and you know it's it's a dinner you have expensive proteins as the center of your plate and breakfast is a little more attractive for for that reason you know you have eggs and bacon and right um and the hours the hours are really appealing and especially for the veteran staff that have been doing it for 20 years and you know they don't want to work the late nights anymore so well that's what's amazing and mike rakin is our guest he is the owner of benedict's morning heroes in wyzetta uh and we'll talk about your expansion uh outside of the twin cities as well but when you go to Benedict's and Wyzetta, the, the staff, it, it's not kids. No, not kids at all. It's, it's pros. It's pros. Yep. And so what do, they, they must just love that they can be a server and not be at work at night. Huh? Exactly. Yeah, we're, we're done by 3.30. You come in early and you're done at 3.30 and you make good money because we're busy and we're pushing people through and serving a great product that we're proud of and we're having fun. And yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. How long? Uh, how uh, how long has it been open now? We opened in 2017, so seven years. Wow, jeez. Yeah, time flies. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't feel like it's been open that oh that that no. long. Were you worried? I mean, Wyzetta is an upscale market. Uh, now with Red Cow, you you have a couple more like mid price yep. options. Um, but were you nervous about going in that market? Uh, yes and no. Um, the no is because I have some family in that market. And here's another where the, the, the bells went off to me was um, one of my wife's uncles has lived in Wise out of two of them actually for, you know, 25, 30 years. And invariably we get together, we talk about restaurants and it was always, well, we used to have these breakfast restaurants historically and they lost the breakfast restaurant. Mm-hmm. So I knew there was a void in the market and it sort of becomes the meeting place. Like, Correct. Yeah. More, I think more business is done around the breakfast table in city hall. Sometimes if you want to see kind of the movers and shakers, like you, you see them at Benedict's and you do see them at the grocery's table up the street. Uh, Absolutely. For you too, which is kind of cool. It's super cool. Yeah. Does that, is that competition for you or does it, I think we complement each other. I think we serve totally different things and it's a different experience. It attracts, it sort of puts the area on the map. It's like, Oh, this is a place you can go to, do a, do some breakfast lunch business. Correct. Yeah. The more the merrier. Well, that's what you say on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Wouldn't it be better if there it was only you? Just a better day. Yeah, maybe. That maybe. Be but better. no, it's nice to have other yeah. people to pull. Mike Rakin is here. Benedict's is in Wyzetta. You did, uh, after opening in Wyzetta and sort of at work, then you went to 
Rochester next? Correct. Yeah, we were, we were approached by the Hilton, um, which is right downtown Rochester, about putting a Benedict's in their, in their location. And uh, we opened that in 2019, and that's just been a slam dunk. You know, we have a 350-room hotel, so that keeps us busy. And then, um, you know, I knew, it'd be, I knew we'd be successful with the hotel itself. But yeah. then if the locals found us, you know, that, that would be even better. And they did, and we've been embraced. What what is going on in Rochester? Like I feel like that is sort of the 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 market to watch. Well, I think it's a I mean it's a very stable community. A Mayo Clinic. I mean they just announced five point five billion dollars going back into that community, um, and you know it's the, the best hospital in the world, so it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think there was opportunity in the food scene. Mill Valley, uh, Mill Valley Kitchen. Uh, in St. Louis Park, this time of year when people think about, you know, cleaning up their act when it comes to eating. Mill Valley just fits right in that. And how do you characterize that restaurant? Because if you say, like, oh, it's a healthy restaurant, I always worry, like, people say, like, oh, that means it tastes like nothing. I say it's a Northern California-inspired restaurant. What that what that means to me is it's, you know, um, the idea of Northern California cooking when you're talking about seasonality and what's coming out of the, the ground at certain times of year and really – Focusing on what's around you. So we, we like to utilize a lot of local farms and, you know, small growers as we can. And then we, we cook things mindfully. So it's, you know, we're not finished every sauce with butter or heavy cream. And it's just mindful cooking. We don't have a deep fryer in the restaurant. Um, so, yeah, it's my, my goal is to have you come in, have a – could be two, three-course meal, and you leave and you feel good. And you, yeah. you don't fear going out to eat the next day like some other experiences you might have. Right. Yeah, that that feeling of lightness where you're full, but you're not like, yeah, you're satiated. Right. Yeah. You work with your wife. I do. How's that? It's good. It's She's good. not listening. <laughs> Say the truth. No, we, <laughs> you know, it's definitely there's been trials and tribulations, but I think we, we complement each other well. How, how do you guys divide sort of roles? And- She's more the creative marketing idea person and I'm the doer. Your business as it's grown. What what? is the challenge of that for you? Uh, I'd say it's staffing and um, costs. You know, costs is something that's that's risen over the years. And, yeah, staffing. People, like the number one feedback, and certainly you're seeing this more on social media right now, generally not about your restaurant specifically, but is cost-related. This idea that, you know, Restaurant costs, I think, have gone up. Like the cost of eating out has gone up like twenty five percent. Well, and and to I, the end user. Well, and I would say our cost has gone up double. If you want to, ten years ago, you want to take a line cook, and you know, even all wages have basically doubled, and yeah. our, our cost of hard goods has probably gone up thirty five, forty five percent. So talk about that, the wage thing, because I think sometimes the people who complain the loudest about the cost of eating out are also the people who think, uh, as I do, that. Everyone should be paid fifteen bucks at least. What do you, what are people really getting paid when they work at you know if you're a dishwasher or a line cook? What what is the pay at like a Mill Valley or a? You're making well above working at Menards or Home Depot. I mean, you're twenty bucks in the in the door. You know, as, as pretty we, much twenty bucks. Twenty bucks, and then if you know you're a server, you're making minimum wage, which you know not in Minneapolis, St. Paul is. I think it just went up to ten eighty nine. I want to say, but then they're making tips on top of that. So I mean, do the math. It's pretty good. It's a really good profession. But but for those back of the house, kind of the kitchen, dishwashing, 20 bucks in the door. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's great. But that is why, that is a key reason why stuff costs what it does. Absolutely. And Do I, you worry, though, there's a point where it's like, 
ah, this is like people aren't going to be able to go out twice a week. That, that's one of my largest concerns. And um, that's kind of why I like breakfast because it's easier to keep the cost down. Um, but I do think that there's, huh. there's yeah. yeah, but I do think there's going to be a, a threshold. I mean, if you go to New York and you have a cheeseburger, it's 30 bucks. Yeah. It is. A glass of wine in New York. I have a kid in college in New York. A glass of wine is 20 bucks, period. Yeah. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. You I mean, <laughs> imagine a $30 burger in Minnesota? Oh, people would lose they it. They would lose it. But at a, I, I don't think we're that far away. I don't either. And at the end of the day, we're, we're restaurants, but we're businesses, and we're here to make money. So, I mean, it's not a charity. You worry about that. How right. do you – right. Because the only options are sort of – Use lower quality ingredients. Which I won't do. Right. That a lot of people won't do. A lot of people won't do. Right. And then you end up with, I don't know, a $30 burger, but I think for sure and it's, it's cre- 18 to 20 with n- nothing on the side is, is we're pretty close to I, there I think already. we're there right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's unreasonable. I mean, if you go to a fast food restaurant, what's your meal at a fast food restaurant? No, 16, right. 17 bucks? Yeah, you go to Five Guys, that's what you're paying. I mean, pizzas are 30 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. I think Oof. we're there. <laughs> now I'm depressed. Let's take a break. I'm going to gather myself. <laughs> you got to, you got to, you got to, people have to get paid. We want people to get paid. Absolutely. And we have to pay them. That's how it works. That's how it works. 421, Mike Rakin, great guest. Let's talk about, uh, your favorite restaurants that you go to with your family when we come back here on CCL. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Derusha Eats, Mike Rakin is our guest. We were just talking about the service charge. News uh, broke in the Twin Cities that a couple of restaurants, a couple more, dropped the $20 service charge, that they or 20% service charge, that they were adding to every rest, uh, every uh, bill. I, you guys do traditional tipping, right? We do. We did the service charge for a while, and uh, I... I quit doing it because I found that it was ending our dining experience in a negative way, and people felt like they were being nickeled and dimed. Yeah, which I can I agree. I feel the same way. It does. If the whole purpose is hospitality, the end moment shouldn't be confusion, guilt. It should be a smile and thanks, thanks for, for coming. coming. <laughs> Everything was great. We'll right. see you tomorrow. Is technology changing what you guys are doing? A little bit, not a ton though. Yeah. Delivery, not really with a breakfast restaurant. No, I try to stay away from delivery. I don't. I think it degrades the product. Yeah, yeah. What uh, when you look forward and think, okay, you know, you have a couple of these concepts, and your uh, uh, Benedict's is in Fargo. Yeah, we open in Fargo in six, seven weeks. Coming to Fargo, Rochester, Wyzetta. Yep, and then we're doing another Mill Valley Kitchen in Rochester. Mm. So, we had a couple things cooking. You got a lot going. <laughs> um, what what do you see as kind of the future and where things are going to go this year for you guys anyway? Oh, I you know we're going to focus on our growth and and just doing a great job. Um, I, I do think at some point costs will have to level out and maybe start coming back around. You know, I, I know 
interest rates are going to start lowering and, you know, maybe all that stuff will play out and things will level out. Maybe. Yeah. I'm wishful thinking. Right. Yeah. I'm. Are you surprised that so many restaurants keep opening? I mean, I think there are like, there are at least a dozen that just, I have in my list. Yeah. They just keep coming. But it seems like, you know, if a dozen are opening, a half a dozen are falling. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can never, it's hard to make whether it's up or down, right? Because anything that closes, for the most part, that space is being reused. Most of the time. So I think there's like, still a lot of empty space sitting around too, though. Yeah. I wonder if we'll see like more more national players coming in, more chains. I mean, it seems like the pizza stores are multiplying. I got, we have like Tono's in our market. Same. It just showed up in Maple Grove where I live. Yeah, we went from being a pizza desert to all of a sudden there's, you know, 50, 50, 60 pizza joints. Is that a type of food that maybe is like breakfast, that people just have an endless sort of uh, capacity? Well, I think think it's a super approachable food, um, and it's more affordable, and costs are good on it as an operator. Hmm. Because it's flour, water. water and cheese. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that, that part of it is super interesting. Mike Rakin is our guest. Benedict's and Mill Valley. You also have the Mill Valley Market at uh, Worth Park. Yep. How has that experience been? It's been really good. Um, you know, it's we, right at the trailhead. Right at the trailhead. So you know, all around us in the summertime and fall, we have mountain biking trails, which are really nice. And hopefully, it's I some, love to sit out on that patio, have a glass of wine, and wa- watch uh, all the all the mountain bikers. It's like it's you're fun. not even in the city. And right. Then you look around the corner, and there's a skyline. This is beautiful. It is a cool spot. Yeah, it's been great. And we got the World Cup of cross-country skiing coming up here in February. We hope. We hope. If we, <laughs> Well, they're making snow now. They're making snow. <laughs> they're making snow. Yeah. But so. we need the temperatures to be a little cool, right. I think. Yeah. Mike Rakin is our guest. We always ask Derusha Eats guests for three restaurant recommendations, places they like to go. Where do you like to go? Well, as we're, we're kind of, you know, if I'm cooking something high end, I stay home. And um, so we're always looking for the mom and pop spots. You know, I love El Tejaban and um, I think it's South Minneapolis. I don't know if you've been there off the of 60th and Nicollet area. Oh. Um, I do like ramen Kazama if we're going for ramen. And then the sleeper we just found, um, we were poking around Chan Hass and we found this uh, little Korean spot called Bonsai. And we walked in and it was a it looked like a mother-daughter combo, and we had just my I had my youngest in there, and she said this was one of the nicest dining experiences we had in a while. And huh? you know, the lady went Bonza. from kitchen to serving yeah. us, and the food was awesome. We had Korean short ribs; she clipped them at the table for us, and they had house-made kimchi. It was, it was solid. Wow, it was a solid little sleeper. That's cool. That's in Chanhassen. It's like sort of by the. I'm just looking on a map here. It's by the Lake Winds Co-op and the Total Wine, kind of in that. Yeah, we just kind of stumbled right off in the there. Five. Yeah, I don't know if it's new or not, but we just stumbled in there. It was good. And Fun. Yeah, so we're always just looking for the little mom and pop spots. I love that. And, you know, everybody knows the like the big name, the ones. headlines. Yeah, those are easy. That's really fun. Mike, it's been fun seeing your success. You're just, a, I just think you and Abby are super nice people. So Thank it's you. fun to see. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Mike Rakim with us here on. Oh, what's wrong, Dan? I did something wrong. <laughs> Dan's giving me a, a finger. It's not the finger. It's not the finger. So it's fine. Uh, thanks, Mike. We're going to do uh, weather and traffic together. And then when we come back, are you guys spending money on one of these 100 new specialty license plates that the state of Minnesota is offering? I, I, I do not understand this. So I need you to explain it to me. 651-461-9226, especially these blackout license plates. 
What is wrong with you people? Call up, explain yourself. We'll talk about it next on CCO. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 